The Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie. Well, the Donal O'Connor Memorial Cycle has been reimagined this year thanks to a certain pandemic. The event will now take place virtually and it kicks off today until the 13th of September. And that just happens to be World Suicide Prevention Week also. Event organiser is Mags Durand O'Connor and she's here this morning with more details. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill, Mags. Thank you very much for having me, Orla. There's always a little bit of stress, isn't there, when you're organising events? Last year, there was kind of issues with insurance and stuff. There were. Last year, we found it impossible to get insurance. That seemed Um, to be the conversation that a lot of events had last year about insurance hikes. Yes, that was the big news last year Mm -hmm. was the damage that was being done to the small, Mm. you know, the small charities, small community organisations were very much affected by that insurance problem last year. Of Mm -hmm. course, little did we know last year that... (laughs) That was going to be <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all compared to this. <laughs> but when we say reimagined the Donal O'Connor Memorial Cycle, you really have reimagined that this. And we will talk about that in a second. But let's talk first about World Suicide Prevention Week, which, as we said, kicks off today. Um, I think we we probably know these stats, but they're still very, very stark. Suicide is the 10th biggest cause of death worldwide. In fact, we lose over 800,000 people to suicide worldwide each year. And I think in Ireland, we all have some form of experience of a friend or a family member who we have lost to suicide. And that's where your story starts, isn't it? Absolutely. And look, there are very few people who haven't been touched by it, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because with those numbers, I mean, the odds are you're going to be mm-hmm. um, affected by it. And that's unfortunately the, the nature of it. Um, you know, and um, my own perspective, I first encountered it in 2010. Um, I sadly lost my brother to suicide. He was just okay. 32 years old. Wow. Um, in December of that year of 2010. So he'll be 10 years gone this wow. year. And it's, it's funny because in one sense, the years kind of fly by they and in another sense, you're like, it feels like yesterday. Um, you know, I can still, the last time I saw him, I kind of rubbed his head and told him he'd be OK. And I can still feel his hair in the palm really? of my hand. It's a funny thing. And it's 10 years later. And why were you telling him he'd be OK? Well, he was very down. Um, okay. Certainly he was very down in the lead up to to his, his death. And actually, he had seemed to be coming around mm. that day. Um, and I and remember where was he? Um, he was in my mum's house um, okay. and he used to come up for his dinner. Um, Irish mammy, Irish son. Of course. <laughs> As it should be. Um, so, um, yeah, so he he just, he wasn't in a great place at the time. And um, I just remember he, he had seemed like he was coming around. I remember just rubbing his head as I was going home and I was like, you're going to be all right. And it's funny because that was the last time that I spoke to him. Um, and I went home and I said to... Donald, which was my husband, I said, I think he's turning a corner. He, he just seemed to be mm. better today. Mm. Um, and, you know, that was the last I saw him. Um, you know, and it's it's since then, obviously in the 10 years since it's happened, um, I've spoken to lots of people who have come through this. So, so people who, like myself, have been bereaved, but also people um, who may have might have made, who have made attempts on their lives and have been unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, you know, a, a common thing that comes back to me is that when they made up their mind, they felt a great sense of peace about mm-hmm. what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Another common theme that came back, though, was that as soon as they had enacted that, as soon as they had committed the, that act mm-hmm. and as they, you know, at, 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 when they had implied whatever method they had, were implying, a sense of panic. Okay. And, you know, so it, it, it does seem to be. That's hard for you to hear. 
It is very hard for me to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, very hard for me to hear. What was your brother's name? Nen, um, Nen. which was short for Kenneth. Okay. Um, his name was Kenneth, but we called him Nen because my little sister couldn't say her Kens oh. when she was small, so she used to call him Nenny. And where does he come <laughs> in the family? So he'd be next to me. I'm the eldest, okay. and yeah, he's after me. Okay. Um, ten years. Yeah, ten mm. years. Ten years. In a way, it's hard to even fathom that that person isn't in your life that amount of time, and he must miss so much from your life too. Oh. Well, that's it. And it's, you mm. know, and, and you do, I mean, you really get a kick in your heart with mm. with important things. Like mm-hmm. his daughter is learning to drive at the moment. And, you know, it's little things like that. He'd be so proud if he saw her in the car and, you know, um, just things like that. His mm. son started secondary school and, you know, things like that that he's missing. Um, he's since had his two little new nieces. We have twin um, girls in the family now. They're five. You know, he, he, they'll never meet him. Um, you know, it's it's things like that that you really feel his loss, mm-hmm. and you know, it really kind of comes home. And any kind of a big occasion in the family at all, um, and any big moments for him, like he would have been forty two years ago, and I think that year was very hard for all of us because it's a milestone. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and I I think you really feel that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as Irish people, um, we fear suicide in our own family that it could happen. Did you feel like that? Can you remember that? If it, like, was it something you were fearful of, or did it come out of the blue? Um, it kind of came out of the blue. Um, you know, when you can see that somebody is suffering, um, you know, it it does cross your mind. Mm. Um, and he had been down for a number of weeks, and I can remember having a conversation with him around. And I remember I used these exact words. I was like, "No, don't do anything stupid." Now, I've since had suicide awareness training, which tells me that that was actually the word, you know, that was not the right thing mm. to say, because in in a suicidal person's mind, it isn't something stupid. Mm. So you saying to them, no, don't do something stupid. It's completely meaningless and mm-hmm. you're actually better. I've since learned to direct it and to what actually be directive, say to somebody. So are you thinking about killing yourself? Are you thinking about okay. doing harm to yourself? Mm. Are you thinking about ending your life? Be direct. And you see, the thing is, that's very uncomfortable for people. Mm-hmm. I suppose if I look back on myself 10 years ago before any of this happened, um, I I wouldn't have even considered using those words and I would have found it very uncomfortable now because, well, I've been talking about suicide since this happened. Mm. So I, 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 can, I can comfortably say, use those words and... Be direct. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think people need to become familiar with that. And I mean, there is training available. So I always say to people... It would be a great idea if that training was rolled out mm. into schools and rolled out into clubs. And, you know, just so that people are able to, first of all, see the signs and second of all, be able to talk to somebody who they think the might be having suicidal ideation. Yeah. So that was Nen. That was Nen. And then there's Donal. And then Donal is my husband, or was my husband. Um, and he, I only met him through Nen. So they were very okay. good friends. So when Nen died, that hit him very, very hard. Um, and he, unfortunately, um, not even a full year later, so um, 2011, the 1st of November, he died by suicide. Um, so, look, that was, that, as you can imagine, I mean, I was already on my knees, so that put me on the floor altogether. Um, and it was devastating for everybody, like, my, you know, everybody who knew those two boys, um, you know, they, they were just too big. Now, they were huge. They, they were both over six foot, so they were both six foot three or four um, big men, but big, happy men with big laughs. And, you know, the kind of people, they were both gentle and kind and, you know, kind of two big teddy bears. Um, mm. And like 
Was that so shocking for you? It really was. And the, the one, like the amount of people who say to me, never a thought of because he was always so full of fun. Never a thought of because he was always full of jokes. And you would, know, would you have described him like that as well? Absolutely, because yeah. he was always full of jokes. And like he'd be the, like often quite inappropriate jokes, okay. but very funny, very <laughs> funny. You know, he, <laughs> he had a very unique sense of humour and he was always, you know, a world event would happen. Everybody was waiting for what was Donald going to come out with. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of it. Inappropriate. Yeah, very inappropriate, but hilarious. Like, right. brilliant. Good. And to this day, if something goes, you know, if there's something going on, like that whole golf gate that's been yeah. going on, the amount of jokes, you know, anything big that happens in the news, I pick up my phone and I'm like expecting something yeah. to come in from Donald. Still, yeah. um, you know, but it's, it that was, he was just, he had such a big sense of fun. Mm. Were there different emotions then? You'd lost your brother a year before that and then you lost your husband, both to suicide. Did it bring up different emotions though to experience that for a second time around? Yeah, I suppose it, it was different in that for the first, the first time I, I would describe it as I was more kind of, I suppose, numb. I was quite mm. shocked and I was numb mm. and I I kind of tried to power through it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I just totally. tried to get on with things mm-hmm. and I took on some extra stuff with work. Mm-hmm. I got involved with Network Waterford and yeah. I did all this, you know, I took on a lot of work and I kind of, that was, I was going to power through that and that was how I was going to deal with it. And then when it happens again, you know, when it knocks on your door twice, it's, it just, it, it, it hits you in a different way. So it kind of, it knocked me off my feet altogether um, but it, it it knocked the stuffing out of me from a work perspective in that I was no longer able to continue with the way I had been powering on. Okay. Um, I wasn't able to function to that degree. And it also, it changed my focus because um, I was kind of numb, for the, as I say, with the first bit. And then this happened and I was really like, this is terrible. And how many more people is this happening to? Mm. And is there anything that I can do to try and stop somebody having to go through this? Because this is dreadful. Mm. I mean, this is people's lives destroyed um, you know and it, it's it, it just I, I kind of started to think about things not more philosophically that's the wrong word but I just started to look at it in a different way mm. and start to think about it more in more ways than how it was affecting me directly if you know what I mean it, it just made me think about it in a broader perspective and in that year between Nen and Donal like those things that you said to Nen, like don't don't be thinking of doing something or like rubbing his head and telling him that he was going to be OK. Are those things that you said to Donal as well? Um, I don't know that or I... Did you see it? Yeah, no, Donal was a lot more of a shock. There wasn't this extended period of... Sadness. Yeah, no. Um, no, don't get me wrong. There was a general sadness because his best friend had died. Of course. Um, you know, we were all sad. But it was it was different. It was different. Um, you know, what one of my biggest regrets um, is that after Nen died, that I didn't go and get some training that maybe I would have seen the signs. It's one of the biggest things because it, it's one of the f- first things that I did after Donald died is sign up for that suicide assist training because I was like, I can't miss the signs again. Mm. You know, um, and that's it's still to this day one of my biggest regrets that I didn't do something so that I would have seen the signs. Looking back now, I can see signs. Really? Um, like we had a big tank with goldfish in it um, that he loved because he's find a real peaceful look at them and he gave them away just before okay. he died. Now that's a huge, huge red flag, which okay. I didn't see at the time. Mm. But, you know, I hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um Tough times. Yeah. And how are you now? 
Yeah, I'm look, I'm I'm good now. Mm. Um I'm very conscious of my own mental health having gone through all that. Um and you know, I, I mean I've I've since moved to Dungarvan. I'm very happy down there. I've remarried. Um you know, I I mean I look after myself. Um I still you carry with something like that you carry the scars of it in mm. that you carry around a certain amount of guilt and a certain amount of questioning that no amount of counselling, meditation, mm. mindfulness and all of those good therapies mm. that I use will ever get rid of. Mm-hmm. They just help you to to kind of deal with it and cope and just yeah. get on. But it's, you know, the scars are there. So. OK. And does the Donal O'Connor Memorial Cycle help you every year when it comes around? Absolutely, it does. Um, because every year when it comes around, first of all, um, you know, we get to help a great cause and it's great to be able to do that. Um, that That's really powerful. Every year as well, I get to talk to, I talk to people from all over who come and they tell me their stories. And it's, you know, it's great to share that kind of social and emotional experience with mm-hmm. people. And I think that's a hugely important part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's it gives, I suppose, it, it gives a, a platform yeah. to the whole area of suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. And it's a pleasure as well to do, like, in the very beginning, we um, met up with the lads at War for Marine Search and Rescue, and they're lovely boys. Oh, they're amazing. They're just and they're great. Mm. And now and they're grown crack. men, lovely boys. Yeah. I'm sure they'd love to hear me say that. <laughs> <laughs> like they're great professionals. <laughs> <laughs> grown men, <laughs> grown men, <laughs> and family men. But look, they they have a fantastic organisation there. They really they do. They do so much good. They've saved um, hundreds of lives. Mm-hmm. Um, their work is amazing. Since we started working with them, they've gotten the base up and running. They do all their training down there. They have a great crew. Like, they're fabulous. And to be able to help them I know. is it's huge brilliant. as well. Great. Well, as you said, um, you were reimagining the Donal O'Connor Memorial Cycle. You want people to do 15 minutes of any activity. Like, if you like an owl stretch with yoga, you can do that. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's like um, whatever you're into. So if okay. that's swimming, yoga, meditation, walking, running, anything. sitting in a dark room. You know, if what you if you have a very me? busy house <laughs> and 15 minutes in front of the TV yeah. is good for you. That's perfect. That's a really good that's, point. So let's think quirkily and innovatively about what you could do for those 15 minutes for the Donal O'Connor Memorial Cycle and then what you want them to do Maggie, if you want them to post it to social media with the hashtag 15 minutes for suicide prevention and then you can donate 4 euro to Washford Marine Search and Rescue by texting WMSAR to 5300 so that's easy to remember it's WMSAR to 5300 but look let's give people a website it's probably the best way to do it if they okay. want to check out how to get more details okay so our Facebook page is Doc Memorial Cycle that's D-O-C okay. Memorial Cycle on Facebook and you'll find us there and over the course of the week we're going to be running talks with um, experts in areas around Brilliant. minding your mental health so we have people coming on to talk to us about CBT um, meditation we have people coming on to talk to us Oliver Ruan the fabulous Oliver Ruan from Pieta House mm-hmm. is going to come on and talk to us about um, Know the Signs so that's a Pieta House campaign she's going to give us a little bit of insight on that Brilliant um, and we have a number of other speakers as well and that's okay. going to be on the Facebook page and there for good all then. week um, 
and they'll be there then to check in. Brilliant. That's great to see. So Doc Memorial Cycle, if that's you want to it. check it out on, on Facebook. And that's where you get more details on the reimagined Memorial Cycle and what you can do and how you can donate to Waterford Marine and Rescue Service uh, and how you can check out those very informative videos as well. Mags, it was so lovely to see you this morning. Thank you very What much. sport have you decided to do for your 15 minutes? You're going to have to go extreme now. <laughs> a bit of rock climbing or something like that. Yeah, I'm not quite that adventurous. <laughs> what could you do? A nice gentle walk, maybe. Enjoy the beaches of West Waterford. Thanks so much for Thank coming Thank you, in. Orla. <laughs> the Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Last time I spoke to my next guest was over a year ago as she was preparing for her big day. But like thousands of brides this year, her plans where Scuppered, a former Miss Ireland and Tipperary native, Aoife Walsh, has been documenting her feelings and experiences as her year as a bride has not turned out as expected. And she's on the phone this morning to talk to me on the Sunday Grill. You're very welcome back to the Sunday Grill, Aoife. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be back. Now, when I was talking to you last year, you were preparing to, yeah. uh, you were going to be at the Tremore races. You were going to be one of the judges. And we were talking about that, but also talking about that was the time of year that you were going to look for your wedding dress because it was around a year to your wedding day. Who would have thought this was how it would all turn out? I know. I mean, nobody thought it was going to turn out like this. I think, you know, when it first started unfolding in March, I think the whole wedding dream started to crumble before my eyes. And, you know, no one actually goes into, you know, planning a wedding and thinking that they're going to be having to postpone. But not only that, everyone had to postpone all at the same time, you know. So it's definitely, obviously, it's such a unique situation to be in. But you've got to roll with it, you know. And that's what we all kind of have to do at the moment, brides and everyone alike. Um, we just kind of have to kind of roll with the punches and try and make the best out of a bad situation. So back in March, when we were told to stay at home, you were about four months. You were on really that that countdown yeah. to the big day. <laughs> yeah, did, I was. You know, at first we were told stay at home for two weeks and then we were told, you know, don't go from two kilometres. And then it kept moving on and moving on. Can you kind of pinpoint when you thought, OK, this is over for us this year. Our wedding isn't happening this year. Yeah, I think in March, um, I was um, I was about four months out. You're right. Actually, funnily enough, I was supposed to. Um, I had actually all my invitations ready to rock and roll, oh. and I was about to go down to the post office with them when Leo came on uh, the television to tell us that we we're going into lockdown. So I just nearly had all my invitations posted, and I I didn't post them obviously because I just kind of felt it was a really weird to receive a wedding invitation. <laughs> so. Um, Unfortunately, all the invites are still at home in a box, unopened. And I think around March time, I was still trying to stay, like, really positive and just kind of to see how things played out. Like, nobody really knew, um, you know, too much about the virus. And we were kind of still learning about it. We didn't know how, how long it would be around. And we're still kind of just gaining the information. So I was kind of just trying to stay relaxed. Not freak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not freak out. My fiance was actually in New York at the time in March. Okay. So I was kind of trying, we were kind of dealing with being apart mm-hmm. in the middle of this pandemic. You know, obviously at the time, New York wasn't in a great place. So, you know, I was, I was quite worried about him over there. So I suppose we had other things as well going on. And then as lockdown progressed 
in April. Um, I'm still trying to stay really relaxed. All of my, my hen weekends that had planned were kind of coming and going and they were spent at home with my mum in my pyjamas <laughs> in the garden. And um, it was around, I suppose, I, I'd say the April time. Uh, we kind of had started opening up the conversation that it wasn't really, um, it didn't really kind of look like it was going to happen. And if it was going to happen, it was going to look drastically different to what we had thought it was going to be. Um, you know, we're all had, you know, more or less planned our big Irish weddings, mm. you know, with the kissing and the hugging and the dancing and the crack and the band and the singing. Um, that was kind of slipping away, really. So we had postponed... We officially postponed then um, in May, just gone there. Okay. And, um, you know, at the time I was, you know, fine. Obviously, you know, you're going to be really sad and disappointed. And um, I was supposed to get married on July 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose the weeks leading up to the original date, I found quite difficult Um just because I wanted to get the date over and done with. It was kind of looming over me in in a way that I kind of just wanted to be done so I could move on and move forward and not be kind of thinking of the what if and what could have been. So once that date kind of like went past me, I definitely felt way better about it. I kind of was like, look, you know, it's with the gods now. What will be will be. And I just have to kind of sit back and kind of relax and just, you know, see what happens because it's out of my control and it's out of all of the brides and grooms control. None of us can do anything about it. So the one thing I've been kind of really talking about online is, you know, I have a lot of brides, you know, I chat to regularly, you know, on my, on my social media platforms. And there's a lot of, you know, brides that are very distressed and very anxious and, you know, that's, you know, something that I've been trying to avoid Mm -hmm. with it because, you know, that's not not good for anybody and you can't kind of keep doing, um, you can't keep feeling anxious over a long period of time. Exactly. Um, You know, because this isn't going anywhere anytime Mm. soon and if you're trying to plan a wedding and, you know, kind of predict what things will happen, it is obviously going to cause a lot of um, anxiety. So I suppose I've been trying to kind of like, you know, help other brides just kind of like throw caution to the wind and just kind of sit back and mm. see how things go and just not be not be too anxious. And it's definitely a lot easier said than done. You know, obviously, we have postponed our wedding to next summer. So I'm a little bit away now. Like my, and was my, that always the way? You, you know the way in March, I heard of people who were getting mm. married in March, say, for example, and they moved it to October. And obviously now yeah. they have to make the decision whether yeah. to move it again. Had yeah. you always thought I'll just do a year exactly from the date? Or? Yeah, like, you know what, we had, you know, when you're planning a wedding, we had planned a summer wedding, mm. kind of, I'd everything organised, you know, key-wise and everything. So we were pretty much, you know, decided on a summer wedding. And um, so it kind of made sense for us to go out the year until until next yeah. May, which is um, my new date. Um, and so did you ever think, Aoife, I'll do the 50 people, obviously the 50 people, including your waiters and the bar staff. Did yeah, you ever thought, you know think what? you'd do that? It's, it's really hard to know, to be honest. And like, I suppose, um, I suppose when the restrictions came in now um, with, the, with the new regulations and that, um, it's very hard to know, I suppose, what I'll do now. Because to be honest, us as a couple, we have kind of taken a little kind of mental break from everything to do at wedding mm. and we're kind of just kind of sitting back to them a little bit like we're looking in a way that we have t- 
time now to decide, you know, what road we want to go down with. And I think every couple and every situation, every family is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And they're, everyone's going to make, you know, a decision that is right for them. So I think... Um, you know, I get a lot of brides asking me what I'm going to do and things like that. But I do think it's a very individual kind of decision now what, what we're going to do. But we have kind of taken a little bit of a break because absolutely it's been stressful. You know, the whole, you know, moving and moving your suppliers mm-hmm. and, you know, everything. That, that is, and you know, very stressful. So we kind of took a little bit of break. So we haven't really decided what we're kind of going to do when next May comes around. Um, But I definitely have a lot of empathy for brides and grooms whose weddings are coming up Mm -hmm. um, in the near future, we'll say beside Christmas. Um, But also, I do think that, you know, if any brides are down and feeling disheartened, that, like, look, you have to be nice to yourself. You have to do little things, like, for yourself. If you are a friend that knows a bride, just to like check in, check in on them, and I think it's important to kind of like, if they're going to go with a fifty, get creative. You know, do you know get a little bit innovative for smaller weddings? You know, you might be able to do things like start your band earlier in the day, so you're finished by your curfew, like things like that. You kind of need to start thinking outside the box. Exactly, you know, and if I your think wedding is kind of coming up the line. I do feel that I hear a few people saying that, you know, they feel a little bit frivolous in the sense that they're very disappointed and disheartened by what's happened to their weddings because there's so much sadness around at the moment. But I think it's okay to feel like that if your wedding, like you obviously had so many plans. 2020 was your year. You could be a bridezilla Mm -hmm. if you wanted to be. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I look, I absolutely get it. And you know what? It's completely fine to feel sad. And you know what? Just because, you know, there was a wave of brides and grooms feeling sad during lockdown because their weddings didn't happen and they all and we all postponed at the same time. Mm. You know, it's 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 okay to still feel sad about it now. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to still talk about it now. I think a lot of brides are now afraid to keep bringing it up with people they know or friends they know because they they kind of feel like they, oh, I don't want to still, you know, keep talking about it over and over. But I think it's completely fine to do so that. Do like, I. You know, and do you feel, even that now your date has gone by that people have stopped talking to you about it? Um, a little bit. Like, mm. I mean, I still get a lot of people talking about it, especially when the changes come in. You know, we'll say, for example, the the most recent changes that came in, um, you know, I thought it was really important just to open up the conversation online about it again, because, like, there are brides out there that don't have any other friends getting married at the same time, and they don't, they don't feel like they have anyone who gets it. You know, the amount of time and effort and planning and dreaming. Like, we all, like, most girls think about this day, like, you know, mm. for their entire lives. And then when it's kind of snatched away from you like that and you feel robbed, you feel robbed. And it's such new emotions as well. Like none of us expected this. Tell me this, Aoife, where is your dress right now? Oh my God, (laughs) the dress. Dress. So um, I was I was getting my dress made okay. in New York, and um, it's it's gorgeous. You know, I, I was absolutely delighted with it. And um, I obviously spent a lot of time in New York as my fiance was there. So I was actually due to fly out um, for my first dress fitting um, at the very start of March. And I I was actually kind of keeping an eye on things, um, you know, happening. And I was a little bit like apprehensive to fly. Um, to New York at the time I just didn't really kind of feel too comfortable 
So obviously I never got over to New York and now with all the travel bans for people on visas, um, I can't even get into New York at the moment. Um, so the dress is, we'll say, um, material. material. <laughs> fabric. Okay. <laughs> It wow. is fabric right now. It is not made. Um, it is fabric. But um, look, I mean, that's the things that come when you have plans. I feel like you just can't ha- really have any plans. I know. And look, I'm not stressed about it at all. It, you know, some, uh, we, I'll figure it out. Exactly. At least it is fabric. It's still there. There's still material. It will all exactly, work out. And that's hopefully. not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what? And People understand, and I think a lot of, of uh, you know, designers and dressmakers in the wedding industry absolutely understand, and they're going to try their best to, to make it happen for brides all over the world. So I'm not, I'm not too stressed about it. But that is where my dress is, unfortunately. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I, I, I'm enjoying watching, looking at you on Instagram and watching your stories and what you've been up to. I think enjoying is probably a bad word because you've had a very strange experience. But it's lovely to see you've, how you've been sharing that experience with other brides and with all of us as well on Instagram and if you want to check out Aoife if you just search for Aoife Walsh on Instagram you'll find her there in her gorgeous photos she's been staycationing around Ireland like there's no tomorrow thank you so much for talking to me this morning I hope when we talk to you again you will be getting prepared for the biggest hoolie of your life (laughs) me thanks for having me cheers Aoife bye bye the Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. A little bit of everything. He's a Beat Breakfast presenter, reads the sport, now he does the television. It's our very own Vincent Bradley. Two weeks in a row too for TV tips. And are you a TV watcher these days? We never really talk about TV when we're together anymore. I do watch TV, but in generally I find not what everybody else is watching. Ah. Um, but I see the ads and I see trailers. I'm like that because I make Friday flicks as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen every film, mm-hmm. even though I only see less than half, okay. really, in the long run. Yes. So I'm the, kind of the same with TV shows. I'm forever putting things on my list. And whether yes. or not I get around to watching them, it could be yay or nay. There's lots of things that I haven't seen that people are really shocked that I haven't seen. But now that they have become almost classics. There's too many of them for me to commit to, if mm. that makes sense. Like, I've never seen Game of Thrones. No. Well, either I never I, will. I've never sat down and watched them. I doubt I ever will. Yeah. But then there are shows that I think I am the only person I know who watches them. Like, I'm the, I've am the. i yet to meet another person who who loves Bob's Burgers as much as I oh, do. Oh, OK. Is that the it's a cartoony an, thing? Animated. OK. Thing. It's, it's one of the best shows on TV. It's right. so funny. And nobody else seems to care. I just know its name. I don't know anything yeah. else about oh, you, it. You'd love it. Go Would watch I? it. Okay, I'll yeah. have a look and see. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about a few <laughs> things that have the talkability factor this week. Um, for various reasons, money and the fact that there are meant to be great series. And it's a long time, I think even since normal people that I've said, this has been called one of the best shows of the year. Mm-hmm. And one of those series that is being called one of the best shows of the year is I Hate Susie. It's on Sky Atlantic, but it's also on Now TV. And it sees the return of Billy Piper in the role of Susie Pickles. Yeah, Billy Piper is one. She's really garnered lots of respect over the years mm. since her pop career as an actress. And that's all she does, obviously, now and for a long time. And this is going to kind of make her even more in the forefront of, of, of people's mm-hmm. kind of imagination and psyche when it comes to dramatic roles. Because, And I suppose she can bring some of that past career to this, um, some of it at least. It's about a, uh, a celebrity... Um, whose career is in jeopardy because she's hacked. Pictures of her emerge, you know, and when I say pictures, 
explicit pictures. Yeah, yeah. Her in a compromising position. So the series eventually uh, kind of essentially follows her career and life unraveling because she has to deal with it through different stages. Like there's the shock of it, then kind of like grief, I guess, denial, the fear, mm-hmm. shame, the bargaining, uh, the guilt, anger at it all and then the acceptance of it. Um, so she is going through it with her, her manager, Naomi, who's played by Leila Farzad and her, her, her marriage to her partner, Daniel Ings, is the actor who plays the part. So it's, it's all encompassing. It's something that is very real to a lot mm-hmm. of celebs because it has happened to so, almost countless female celebs primarily. And it's, it's asking the question, well, what's the difference? Why is, does it affect solely females? Why, yes. why, are, why are their careers yeah. on the line? It wouldn't happen the same mm-hmm. to a guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's I hate Susie. And it essentially, as I, uh, as I said there, it kind of captures how female celebs are vilified while men tend to get off scot-free. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, now TV or Sky Atlantic, if you have it, it's on Thursdays at 9pm. Now, I'm always giving out <laughs> about Netflix and the fact that I'll watch one episode of something and, mm. and then forget all about it because it kind of bombards you with stuff. But I'm really looking forward to this television st- series that came out on Friday starring Hilary Swank. And we all know by now that the big movie stars doing TV series do quite well. I'm thinking Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Um, what's her name Claire Danes in Homeland stuff like that completely yeah. this is another example with Hilary Swank in a series called Away yes um, it is being called an epic emotional drama it celebrates human achievement mm-hmm. but at the same time showing the, the incredible sacrifices that people go through to, to make those achievements for instance Hilary Swank plays an American astronaut by the name of Emma Green She's preparing to lead an international crew on the first mission to Mars. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, her life on Earth isn't so easy either. Um, We can't give away too much of the plot, but it is one of those shows that I think everybody can get something out of. And it's it's that work-life balance, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so it's and again, Hil- for women. Yeah. Again, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So it's Hilary Swank. Uh, top-notch actress, obviously, because of her two Academy Awards. Disappeared is- for a while. A little bit, yeah. But I have seen her come out and do uh, some press for this, actually, during okay. the week. I forget who she was talking to. But this is a big, a big deal. And as you said, people, the bigger names are transferring to television now. Um, because there's as well, I guess there's as much money in it, and people are people are happy to watch, stay in, and watch definitely. TV well, shows. especially when there's a pandemic as yeah, well. Eh? That's true. Hey, let's talk about this new version of I'm saying Mulan. You're saying it. yeah, that's it. Mulan. All right, yeah, Mulan. Okay. Mulan. Yeah. This is from the Disney. Did you uh, watch this back in the day in '98? No, no I, I mean, again, <laughs> I think I was probably by the time I think the original came out. It was it. It was '98. '98. Yeah. God. So we were not children. It, we weren't children, but I don't think you have to be to enjoy mm. Disney. True. Or maybe it helps if, if you watched it when you were a kid first, though. Yes. Um, and I do think I will watch this movie, but the story is that it is available on Disney right now, but you have to pay premium access. But if you can wait uh, December 4th, it will be free mm. on Disney Plus, which, of course, if you have it, you're paying a subscription for already. I think I did the month's trial and then forgot about it. Yeah, there's all those different le- levels. Yeah. Uh, it's based on a Chinese folklore, the Ballad of Mulan. Um, it, yeah, no, the, the Hollywood premiere was held in March 2020. Do you remember March? I remember March, March 9th. So yeah. about three or four days before it all got upended. Yeah, it was originally uh, scheduled to be kind of one of the big movies in theatres mm. this year, but it was delayed because of COVID-19. So it's coming to your TV screens now and it's the latest in the swathe of 
um, live action inverted commas remakes of people oh, called okay so not animated basically well I think this might be in, but like people call The Lion King live action even okay. though none of it was live action yes. it was all computer generated but it uh-huh. looked photorealistic so there's there's the difference between mm. you know live action and again the people making this are every bit as talented as the, the people who drew the old Disney movies there's a lot of CGI that goes into these mm-hmm. so but I seem to have lost all concentration so I don't know if I can deal with a feature length movie on my little television is one of the things that you look for when you're picking a movie is it less than an hour and a half yes yeah. yes that is it but like you said you can you can watch something and then not go back to it because it's always going to be there exactly that's one of the worst things remember remember we used to have to sit down and mm-hmm. watch TV remember we used to have to record things yes do you remember that on a tape on it well yeah <laughs> okay so we have I Hate Suvi, mm. Susie I Hate Susie, it's now TV in Sky Atlantic. I'm on Sky Atlantic on Thursdays at 9pm. I'm definitely going for that one. And then I'm definitely going to try Away. It is out now um, on Netflix. Television series, bingeable, Hilary Swank. And then Mulan is available now as well if you want to pay those books for it. But then it will be on your regular annual subscription fee for Disney from December. December feels so far away. But it's not. It's not actually. This is September. What no, am I saying? It's not. Wow, the year is gone. It's like about 12 weeks away, I'm afraid. I will leave you on that note. Thank you. Thank you. The Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie.